Good to have you with us this evening as we're going to have another episode of Shepherd Talk with one of our shepherds, Jack Smith. You know, Braxton Dozier came by my office before this and said, Mr. Chris, can you keep it short? I want to play in the gym. So I got you. I said, you got to talk yeah. to Jack also. Yes, I want to play too. <laughs> yes. The idea behind this, and we've done this several times, is for our congregation to get some insight into the heart of these men that I get the pleasure of serving with, that Jake and Blake get this pleasure of serving with. And uh, we got you a chair. Jack said, I can't do the uh, stools. I may fall off. I uh, may fall off. Jack's uh, back doesn't yeah. always cooperate with yes. him, so we got you a chair. You know, I want to I start, Jack, by you telling the congregation just a little bit about yourself. We have a lot of new members that yes, may sir. not know you real well. Just okay. give us a brief synopsis about who you are. Very good. Well, I was uh, raised in Haskell, Texas, and uh, James is just a few years younger than me. Uh, I had a marvelous family. Uh, I grew up in the Methodist church, but we were at services uh, morning, evening, every time the door was open, we were there. And I had a marvelous community to grow up in. It was great. Uh, my first exposure to the Church of Christ was uh, through James's dad. James's father was my biology and chemistry teacher and uh, in those days if we went to uh, service at the church of christ or a gospel meeting we got extra points oh. on the on <laughs> test so let me tell you we were there we were there uh, and uh, i uh, uh, after i was exposed to the church uh, i started asking my mom a lot of questions mm -hmm about why Methodists did this and why we don't do that. And she said, well, you know, we, uh, you know, Charles Wesley or John Wesley is a founder of the church and, uh, you know, he just knows a lot of stuff. And, and I looked in our li church library and Charles Wesley books of discipline were like 12 volumes. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, why do we need all that? Why, you know, wouldn't the Bible be a lot easier to, to do? And I could not uh, really get a good answer about that. But my exposure to the church was just so positive. Then in college, uh, several of my good friends from Haskell were there at Tarleton, and they wouldn't invite me to the Bible chair. First started going because they had a great ping pong table <laughs> and you know, had pizza and all. But then the more I was exposed, the more I realized, you know, I really could, could make a change. Yeah. And so uh, I, you know, I knew the truth for a long time before uh, I obeyed the gospel, yes. That's exciting. Yes, sir. Jean yes. is your lovely wife that fills Jean in for is. some here at the church when we need a, a secretary on always, hand. Always, always. It's a good job yes. with that. Yes, sir. Appreciate her very much. Two sons. Uh-huh. Uh, Jay is a librarian in Houston, mm -hmm. and I have one grandson there, Brandon. He just turned five, and he goes to uh, Northland Christian School. Okay. And then my youngest son is a Jeff, and he's an actor in New York City. Mm -hmm. And uh, he will uh, be here to do the uh, Nutcracker Ballet. Yes. So be sure and get your tickets if you want to see uh, you want to see men in tights. Uh, yes. So Jeff is a well, uh, he's he's a special he's, guy. He's an awesome he, he's guy. A, he's a special guy. Yes, he is. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. I love that Thank story. You. Um, I want you to because our focus is more on caring for the flock tonight, yes. but obviously yep. that it can go in other directions when we talk about that. But why don't you tell me and tell us what you believe is the number one first responsibility? For a shepherd well uh chris you mentioned this several times but as uh uh bruce vincent said the the uh motivational speaker he said you know uh you have to be available you have to show up 
You have to be there. Mm -hmm. And I learned this in college. I, I played football at Tarleton, and uh, uh, I wasn't all that great a player, but I never missed a meeting. I never missed a practice. And so when it came time to, to move up on to the varsity and all that, I was, uh, I was selected to do that. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I learned that to be available. And here, uh, and I could not do what I do here to serve uh, Oldham Lane if I was not retired. And I feel like I can do a, a good job now when Brianna calls me or you know we, did, we need to visit with someone. So uh, I think be, be available, num number one, number one thing, be there. I mentioned that I'd like for our congregation to see the heart of the individuals that we, that we serve with. And uh, I, I said this before, any elder, I, I get leery of a man that is seeking the office to be an elder. If yes, he's sir. lobbying for it or politicking for it, I'm always leery of a gentleman like that. Not saying yeah. he can't be good at it, right. but you're always leery for that. But when you were approached... And I came to talk to you yes. and say, hey, I'm going to put you down as someone that would be a great potential elder. Yep. Your response was you broke down in tears. I did. I said, ah, Chris, I just, I don't know enough. And as soon as you did that, I knew you were As soon as you did that, I knew you were ready. I don't think I could do it, yeah. you know. And then Chris said this. He said, you know, many are called and few are chosen. You're chosen and you need to do this. Yeah. And I said, okay. I'll, I'll I'm very convincing I'll do, I'll that do way, my Art. best. I do my best. I didn't have, I had two choices and one didn't count. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You know, we talk about our elders uh, have mentioned this before, and I've mentioned this, that they fight the battle on their knees. You know, that the biggest weapon yes, that perhaps we have as, as a church, as individuals, and as elders is prayer. Is prayer. Talk about the importance of prayer in your yes. daily life when it comes to being a shepherd. We're supposed to, uh, core commanded to, uh, Pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty good at what they would call stoplight prayers. Uh, yesterday, I went to see Forrest McCann. Mm -hmm. And I pulled up and I stopped in the parking space. And, and I said, Lord, you know, I don't know what, what I'm going to see when I see Forrest. Mm -hmm. But let me have a positive influence on him. Uh, uh, allow him to communicate with me. And so just that, that short time right there praying to God, about my relationship with Forrest and what I was going to do. It took two minutes, right. two minutes. But I do have a habit of doing this, and I mentioned this in some of my classes before. Uh, I get up, I, I, I don't sleep well at night, so like this morning I was up at 3, and uh, so I'll be ready to go to bed early tonight. <laughs> but but I, I take that opportunity to uh, go in the living room, and uh, at the appropriate time, I kneel. That puts me in the right frame of mind yeah. to go to God and and uh, with a humble heart. Yeah. So I, you know, I kneel there at the couch and uh, go over my petition, and uh, so I feel better about it. And you know, all of us who have children, we wish that uh, our kids would call us more often. <laughs> right. And God feels that same way too. Sure. He says, "Why haven't you talked to me yeah. uh, recently?" So. It's That's a, a good way very, to look at very it. important. Yes, yeah, very important. Yeah. Talk a little bit about you've been an elder for three years. Three years. Next okay. month. I was going to say yeah. four. Okay. Uh, three years. Three years next month. How much have your eyes been opened 
uh, because you know I'm sure there's things you don't see when you're a member that you are exposed to as an elder. What's been kind of the most difficult part, not being specific necessarily, but what's been sure. the most difficult part about being an elder? Well, I think when you look at the eldership, uh, we're all goal-oriented. Mm -hmm. And uh, Blake always reminds us about this, about uh, make and grow disciples. Forget those goals and think of the individual. And also, uh, and you look across the eldership and we've got people like James who runs his own business and Clay and and I ran uh, the sports center and I had, I worked with about uh, 40 uh, different coaches, most of them young girls. Uh, but, but when I would say do this, they would do it. And when I would say do that, they would do it. And so uh, I, was, I was just amazed. And I knew this would be, I knew it would be this way, that the eldership, even though the, the elders had a lot of authority in their own jobs, the openness at the meetings and the decisions that were going, you know, this is really important. We're not going to leave this room till everybody expresses their opinion and uh, everybody decides this is the best course of action. And so when we leave the room, we can truly say uh, we're united in that, in that issue. We're united. There's a lot of different opinions, but you always go back to the scriptures and yep. say this is it. Yeah. I've, I've talked to that about that before. You know, when preachers get together, one of the things that they seem to always kind of make fun of is elders' meetings, how <laughs> treacherous they are and how miserable uh, yeah. they are. You're there until late, you know, all hours of the night and all that. And I sit there and I kind of think, eh, I don't really share that sentiment, you know. Yes. Um, but that's one thing that I've noticed about your elders' meetings is that uh, when I'm in there anyway, you know, there can be disagreement and things like that. But when you leave that room, you've decided you're all on the same page and we're going we're gonna to be united and to be yes, sir. And I learned real quick, too, uh, that uh, the gentlemen who have been elders for years, you know, they go in there, and when they're a chairman, they have two months that they're responsible for setting up the meetings and the agenda. They have everything, everything planned out. Uh, on Friday, the agenda goes out, and everybody can look at it and say good, bad, ugly, whatever. Sure. And so we stay, we stay on that schedule. Yeah. And so, yeah, it could drag on, but... Uh, but we're still on that schedule, and that, that's the best way to be. I like to have a plan, yeah. and I like to stick with the plan and do that as the best we can. Sure. Yeah. So let's talk about the reverse of that. So you said the most difficult thing. You know, what's the most joyous thing about being an elder? What's, oh. What has been the thing that you have noticed that is the most uh, rewarding or satisfying, gratifying about being an elder? That's really easy. It is hugging people after baptisms, uh -huh. uh, being at weddings and being a representative of the eldership and the, uh, and, and, the, and Oldham Lane. And uh, uh, those are the things that, uh, you know, births of the, like the Wallace had the new baby and just to be able to pray and, and say, thank you, Lord, for that, that wonderful blessing. So those are the those are the those are the highlights. Yeah, absolutely. is getting to be involved individually with those people, at weddings and baptisms. And right. big, it's a big deal. Yes, sir. Talk a little bit about. We've talked about this. You joined me, you and Larry Bell, on the Dear Church podcast recently, yes, sir. and we talked a little bit about this. But mention when it comes to caring for the flock. What are some really important hallmarks or keys okay. to being effective as a shepherd caring for the flock? Uh, of course, we said that, be available. Yeah. Uh, and uh, with me being retired, I, I, you know, I'm available, you know, 24-7. Yeah. 
but all the other elders are available their phone uh, to text and call uh, emails and so they're all available all the time sure uh, secondly is to be uh, to be trustworthy and those people who come to you and they say boy this is confidential mm -hmm. and don't you know don't tell anybody mm -hmm. and they say two can keep a secret if one of them is dead right okay right uh, but but to to be trustworthy and when you're uh, when you become an elder I think you have only a short window of opportunity there's a certain built-in trustworthiness uh, to being in that in that role mm -hmm. but then if you don't if you don't take care of it in the first couple of months you you're not effective at all right so you need to be you need to be you need to be trustworthy you need to be a, a good listener mm -hmm. and uh, i have worked on that over the years uh i uh i'm a good speaker and i enjoy talking and uh when i was younger i used to have a tendency to dominate all the all the conversations <laughs> thinking i knew i knew best but then i've learned over the years you know working in the in the private sector and then serving as a deacon here, that uh, some people they just need need a sounding board. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you don't you don't come in there and try to solve all their problems. You say, okay, you just listen and let them let them talk, and then go from there. I think yeah. those are the best hallmarks: uh, being available, being a good listener, and being trustworthy. Yeah, especially yes, certainly goes into it. I yes, no, that's not an exhaustive list, but that's definitely yes. You know. Um, I don't mean to compare serving on the school board to an eldership, but I know when I first began doing that, I would talk to our superintendent about, I, I'm really struggling to find out what my role is here because I'm not good with numbers. You know, I'm not good with policy. What is my role yeah. here? And it took me a while to figure that out. Um, how about you? Did it take you a while? I mean, what, how did you figure out what I bring to the table and how did you find your niche well, in the eldership? Uh, I, uh, I, as I say, I was, uh, I came in as an elder in November, four years ago, and then in December, I was the chairman. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> Trial by fire. And I said, <laughs> I said, hey, Royce, uh, I said, why don't, why don't you go ahead and go before me? He said, no, no, you got it. You got it. So it was a, a situation. But, you know, I had served as a deacon. Uh, I had watched those good men like Bob Childress and his Beecher here tonight, what Beecher McCormick, yeah. and seeing those good men serve. And, you know, they're here all the time. They listen, they pay attention, they study their Bible, they teach classes. And so it was, uh, it was the example that I saw from them sure. that made it easier to step, in, step into the role. Yeah. yeah. Besides Roy saying, no, you got it. And that told you something about being the chairman too. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's like running the half mile <laughs> and after that one and a half laps, you know you're the only one you're <laughs> the one out there going, Oh, have I done something wrong? <laughs> yes. Tell us a little bit about this it's a question I've always I've always been interested in. Um, before I became a preacher. What are some of the things that you do as a shepherd that are obvious? But what are some things that, that you do that people don't ever see? Yeah. That, that, I know that's kind of, uh, you don't want to blow your own horn here, but <laughs> what are some things that maybe the congregation, you know, can observe and see that the shepherds do on a regular basis? But what are some things that, that maybe they don't know that y'all well, do? 
prayer life is the most important thing I think that's uh, that people don't know. Right. You know, they don't they don't know anything about you. Ex you expect to say, well, the elders should be praying, but uh, but that that's very important. If you don't have that, uh, you don't have anything. Right. Secondly, is to uh, check in with Brianna, uh, the church receptionist, and say uh, or uh, have her. I said when something comes up immediately call me right then yeah. and then I'll, I'll take care of that or going into your office or see with Blake or Jake and say okay are there any individuals that need special attention right now and those are those are all things that no one you know that no one knows about that you you have to be involved have to be involved right. with right. right yeah so you know it's a you're not necessarily blowing your own horn but there's things to do and you just do them and, and go on yeah but those are and one of the most obvious things is feeding the flock. I mean, that's a shepherd's role yes. as much as anything. Right. Talk a little bit about feeding the flock as a part of caring for the flock. Right. Making certain that they are well fed, that every time they come here, they're getting a spiritual feast. And well, number one, you know, besides a prayer life is to be able to, is to have a, a, a good pattern of reading and studying the Bible mm -hmm. and not just going through and calling the words out, but but making a specific plan and say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get all the information I can on Romans, and I'm going to I'm gonna I'm going to do that and study it and be ready, and then uh, I think you know uh, if uh, I enjoy teaching, and so uh, of course that's important to be teaching here in the auditorium or in one of the other classrooms, and I always let Jake know I'm available, mm -hmm. and also about the teachers and say uh, you know I, I'll sub for you anytime. Yeah, uh, we we can do that. Of course, I like to have a couple of days notice, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't mind. Uh, you know, some people think the unknown is scary. I think uh, I think it's exciting. <laughs> right. And so, okay, said uh, all right. You've got uh, 24 hours. Uh, be be ready to, to to do this. But that goes with studying beforehand uh, uh, the different scriptures, mm -hmm. reading some different uh, versions of the Bible. I learned that from uh, Bob Connell years ago at Haskell at the church there. Bob was the first gospel preacher that I, that I heard. Mm -hmm. And I remember him talking about, you know, be, be exhaustive when you're looking at the scriptures. You know, get, uh, you know, get the King James Version, of course, is the original version of the, of the Bible. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then look at the New International and, the, uh, and all those different versions and look and compare those. And, and uh, the Bible that I use, and I used to use a computer program all the time, but the Bible that I use has four, uh, four translations on each page. Mm -hmm. And so you can go line by line and look and, and get ideas and opinions. But I think study beforehand years uh we always I, i'm always was a fan of billy graham mm -hmm. and his dedication to his work mm -hmm. and he said if i had uh, if i had five years to live i would study for three and preach for two yeah so that outside study is really critical right. to be ready and to give someone uh, a, a ready answer when they have when they have a question yeah, yeah. it's not just about feeding them in a bible class it's about yes, sir you know, outside of that as Out, well. Outside when they, uh, when they have a call. And, and we were talking about being, uh, uh, being discreet. You know, some people will tell you things and, and being the minister, you, they say, you know, this is, this is personal, private. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna tell you what's on my heart and my soul. And, uh, 
and you have to you have to be able to keep those things yeah. keep those things with you and some of them are kind of bothersome and we're, you know the hardest thing i think to do is to uh is to deal through family problems yeah. oh that breaks my heart that's you know, a feeding that we don't always think about. we don't we don't know when someone's having trouble in their marriage or they have a rebellious child or uh, you know what does shakespeare say how sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child, mm -hmm. and so working with uh, working with kids. And I, you know, I, when I was in the seventh grade, I knew I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to work with kids. So I spent, you know, the last 40, 45 years yeah. uh, working working with students. And uh, man, they can throw all kind of questions out there yes. and make you make you rethink your philosophy on life. <laughs> you know, I said okay, but and it is more difficult today. We're growing up the most worrisome thing was chewing gum in class. Yeah. Now if you worry about someone's gonna bring a gun or, mm -hmm. or something like that. So students, uh, young people nowadays, it's a, and they, it's a rougher go yeah. uh, than it was 30 or 40 years ago. Yes, it is. Talk, talk just a minute about the difficulty of leading a volunteer organization. You know, we, we talked about this uh, two weeks ago, I think, when we talked about elders in the sermon and how you don't drag sheep, you can't put them on a leash, nor can you be a herdsman and bark orders at them no. from behind and prod them with a cattle prod or something like no. that. So talk about, you know, the, I don't know, I, would, I wouldn't say difficulty because I don't think this is a difficult group to lead, but oh, talk about the challenge of maybe um, getting folks to understand that this is a working organization and that even though yes. you're a volunteer, we've got to... We've got to invest, and we've got to we've got to be doing. When uh, when I'm visiting with folks about volunteering for something or or doing something special, I like to sit by them like this. I don't like to sit knee to knee and look. You know, look. You know, that is so challenging. Yeah. And you always say, you know, we need some help in this area. Mm -hmm. Now, who's going to refuse you if you say? I need help, mm -hmm. you know, I need help. So uh, barking the orders, uh, as you say, they just kick at the goad. Mm -hmm. And so you've learned that you do approach people that way, but this congregation has been special, different. You know, mm -hmm. you've been here for a long time and we have a special thing going with people that are here because they want to be, they want to serve God. And most of the time you call someone you visit said, uh, Man, I need some help on this, and they're going. What can I do? Yeah. What What do you need? What do you need? I'm I'm there. Whether it's a lady or a man or a young person or an older person, uh, and my greatest joy is through the 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 men that I have contact with. Mm -hmm. uh, I was visiting with the young man this next week, th this last week, and he said, you know, I visited Overland a couple of times. I really like what I see. And he said, I need some Christian male companionship. Mm -hmm. You know, I need, to, I need to be around men, manly men mm -hmm. who, lo who love Jesus. Need friends. And yeah. so it's easy. It's easy in this congregation to get people to, to do things. Yes. I think it is. I, I think we're blessed to serve a congregation that uh, is, is so willing in yes. so many ways. And well, I think so it makes talented. Talented too, and you looks like the number of song leaders we have, mm -hmm. and Bible teachers, and mm -hmm. people that can can get up and lead prayers, and it's almost mind-boggling. You know, I, we uh, Gene and I were uh, took a fall foliage tour uh, uh, several years ago up in uh, Tallahena, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. 
and uh, we uh, went to a service on Wednesday night, and there were 12 people there, and uh, they were all related, uh-huh. you know. And so when they found out some Abilene, they said, wow, do you want to lead singing? You know, you want to, you want to say a prayer? I said, you don't want me singing. I said, I'll, I'll lead a prayer. But, but we are so blessed to have a, a great congregation of people that are willing to serve, know the Bible, uh, know the Bible so, uh, so well. Yeah. Makes your job a lot easier. Oh, my. Yes. All the elders. Yes. And, and, you know, when I was, uh, when I was growing up, and my, I had, a, had an awesome mother and father, and uh, my mom was really a smart lady. She said, you know, uh, keep working, keep listening, prepare yourself, because there's something big coming up in your yeah. life. And here it is. Yes. And I feel like I've spent, you know, I'm 66, I've spent 65 years preparing for this opportunity of all the things I've done and all the experience that I have uh, to serve at the L- as an elder here has been the most pleasurable, the most exciting. And uh, when I was talking about visiting with the other elders about doing this, and uh, I talked to Travis Smith, and I said, Travis, uh, you know, do I need to do this? And he said, the 10 years that I've served here have been the best 10 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. That's great. And, and a good place to stop. So thank you, Jack. Yes, sir. Thank you so much oh, for being here. Oh, thank you. Thank you and, for inviting uh, me. And sharing all this. Yes, and uh, we, we always like to, to close uh, our service with, a, with an invitation, at least the sermon part of it. And so we do want to offer an invitation for anyone who, uh, who needs the prayers of this church family. Uh, if you'd like to study the Bible with one of the elders, one of the staff members, somebody here, then we'd love to put you in touch with somebody to do that. Um, if you're ready to, to begin a daily walk with God, maybe you're ready to put on Christ in baptism, you want to do that tonight, certainly we want, to, we want to take care of that. We say it every week, do not leave here without being right with God. There's no good reason to leave here without being right with God. And so um, hopefully everybody got something great out of this, and hopefully Braxton is satisfied that it was at the right length. And uh, we thank that's right that's right we thank you so much for being here and if we can help you anyway Jim's going to lead us in a song why don't you come as we stand and as we sing